you know, we heard these booms, these really loud booms. I think it was like two or three of them. And we immediately started to tell everyone, get inside. Approximately 6.35, there was an explosion of some type at the Chevron refinery in Richmond. This is Making Contact, and I'm Laura Flynn. Making, Making contact. Making. No one really wants to live next door to an oil refinery or a landfill or a pig farm or a waste treatment site. But if not in my backyard, then whose? You've heard it before, NIMBY. Here's NYU historian Kim Phillips-Fine explaining to WNYC the origins of the term. The first uh, times that people talked about NIMBY struggles really had to do with the mostly working class, middle class communities protesting the location of toxic waste disposal plants and nuclear power plants, and especially in the wake of the Love Canal and Three Mile Island disasters of the late 70s and early 80s. Researchers at the University of Michigan and the University of Montana found a pattern of doing just that. Analyzing 30 years of demographic data and the placement of hazardous facilities, the researchers wrote, quote, NIMBYism in more affluent white communities resulted in industry taking the path of least resistance and targeting communities with fewer resources and political clout. On this edition of Making Contact, we'll meet people challenging polluters in their own backyard, These communities aren't trying to push hazardous industries into another neighborhood. Instead, they're developing visionary solutions for a better life for all and for the future of the planet. There's an area along California's northeast San Francisco Bay known as the Refinery Corridor. It's home to five petroleum refineries. Hazardous emissions from these refineries degrade local air quality, placing nearby residents at greater risk of cancer and other health effects. In 2014, Idle No More SF Bay, a group of Native Americans and allies, decided it was time to raise awareness about the health and environmental impacts these refineries cause. Knowing firsthand what it's like to live in a refinery town, Isabella Zizi was inspired to get involved. This next story is about her journey from one refinery town to the next. It's honestly bringing back a... Some memories, it might be triggering for me when I really explain how the day went. It was a really beautiful day. There was no clouds. The sky was just blue. The sun was up and shining. And it was beautiful enough for all of my family and a bunch of my neighbors to be outside just enjoying company. All of a sudden, I had noticed just this instance of darkness and I had asked my mom I was like what is that and so she turned around really quickly and she did this really big gasp you know we all just didn't know what happened and so she immediately said that's Chevron that just exploded at that moment None of us knew what to do. You know, we just see this big roar of a black cloud just shoot straight up, straight up in the air. You know, with multiple big clouds following it. And, you know, we heard these booms, these really loud booms. I think it was like two or three of them. And we immediately started to tell everyone, get inside. 
Approximately 6.35, there was an explosion of some type at the Chevron refinery in Richmond. We've had and, you know, just watching it from my windows, just see the clouds just continue to cover the sky and the flares just shoot up. And now people like me who remember that day, I have to fear every day. Am I going to see another explosion in my lifetime? I really hope not. You see, I grew up near the Chevron Richmond Refinery in California. In 2012, a ruptured pipe at the refinery caused the fire, sending black smoke into the surrounding areas. It took more than four hours to bring the fire under control. Richmond lies in what's known as the Refinery Corridor. There are five petroleum refineries along the north coast of the East Bay, less than 30 miles from each other. So those of us who live along this oil artery are all too familiar with the trends of having a petroleum processing plant as our neighbor. That was the biggest flare I have ever witnessed. That's Daniel Adell. He lives in Benicia. That's in the refinery corridor too. Flaring is a process that typically burns off excess hydrocarbon gases or pressure. It was a really windy day and most of the most of the the, the smoke coming out of the refinery was blowing northeast away from uh, where most of the residents live, so we were very lucky. On May 5, 2017, the Valero refinery in Benicia started flaring at about 6.40 a.m. The EPA found toxic gases, such as hydrogen sulfide, peaking at more than 10 times the normal for the area. The Bay Area Air Quality Management District has launched an investigation and the Valero refinery was issued four notices of violations. I met Daniel a few years ago at the refinery healing walks. These are walks led by Native Americans in prayer from one refinery town to the next. As we looked around our communities, many of us um, live in Richmond and other refinery towns, and we really started taking a bigger look at um, what it looked like what it felt like, um, what the health impacts were and the emotional impacts were of living in refinery towns along the refinery corridor. Allison Ihara Brown is a member of the Mohawk and Seneca tribes. She's a longtime Richmond resident who also helped envision the refinery healing walks in 2014. Coming together both in terms of our indigenous values around the land and the water and the air and all of life being sacred and also the concrete experiences of having refineries that would explode and put out flares and emissions. It's been a long period of time for all of us, I think, of really struggling to have independent towns in the midst of a gigantic worldwide corporate industry that wields tremendous power and has tremendous resources to um, get their way. Inspired by the Tar Sands Healing Walk in Canada, Indigenous grandmothers started the refinery healing walks to walk for clean air, water, and soil. That's what inspired me to get involved. Now four years down the road, our mission to wholeheartedly connect with other community members who live in or around refinery towns like mine is stronger than ever, something Daniel and Allison relate to too. Growing up here, I never really felt, I felt very isolated living over here. And um, even though like we have our own share of problems, like I never, the refinery corridor healing walks, they were really the first um, 
it was really the first time that I um, that I felt you know people were were bringing awareness to what was going on in my like my immediate surroundings mm -hmm. and um, yeah it's just really inspiring to be walking with uh, folks, you know, walk, folks who are walking in commitment to the sacred system uh, of life on our planet. It feels really different now. It feels like we have a whole movement of people that are united around wanting a healthy, vibrant future for our communities and for our children, um, where we can see that what we're facing, whether we're in Pittsburgh or Rodeo or Benicia or or Richmond, that, that what we're up against is very similar. And so I think there, there's a sense of community and community between cities and showing up at each other's struggles and city hall meetings or things like that. Um, that just feels different, I feel. I think we none of us feel as isolated as we did before, and we feel more powerful. Paul, take us away. Hey, 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 yaki. Refinery Healing Walks connect the dots between five refinery towns, Pittsburgh, Martinez, Benicia, Rodeo, and Richmond. Every walk starts with a water ceremony, where water from different watersheds are gathered together in a pail. Then grandmothers from Idle No More SF Bay lead everyone in prayer. We had just walked past the north gate of the entrance to Shell Refinery here in Martinez. I am in the front with those who are carrying the head staff and the pail of water that we collected from different watersheds. And up here, this is the, the prayerful part where everyone is in contemplation and in prayer and in song. As you hear in the background, the drums and the rattles to keep our strong presence while we're walking. We are currently walking over the bridge and there are many walkers who are holding signs that read, walk for clean air, clean energy, water is life. There's about a hundred people here. Bikers and drivers passing by also shout and honk in support as we walk along. The walk continues on for a few more miles before we reach our final destination in Benicia. A group of smiling faces greet us, high-fiving us as we form our last circle. Then we end our day by creating envisioning squares. My name is Rich, and uh, yeah, we've, we've set these uh, squares up, squares of um, fabrics, so that as people have come off of the walk, and uh, having their mind uh, ideas about a world that could be without fossil fuels, with new kinds of energy, wind, solar, uh, you know, much more understanding and, and justice and all the other wonderful things that we stand for in this healing walk, mm -hmm. that they can express this in, in some artistic form in these squares. My name is Donovan. My vision for this walk is uh, empowering the youth and the people around me the younger audience, like the kids here, um, being part of this movement where, you know, they're going to grow up 
and remember that they did something positive, not only for just for climate, but for themselves and feel like they've been a part of history. Sego, Patricia Tano, Ikok Peshni Ichuwi Yunyats. Patricia Sainosh is my name. Well, my vision is that we um, reimagine the world in the way that it was originally designed to be and that our relationships reflect that and our, our life ways respond to that inclination. We have the map, we have the instructions. So my vision is that we use them and follow them. People gonna rise like the water, we're gonna calm this crisis down. I hear the voice of my great-granddaughter singing, keep it in the ground. I envision a world where we are balanced with Mother Earth and use her natural resources rather than abuse or overuse them. I envision life to be free of pollution, imperialism, and destruction of humankind, and that we work together to build the solid platform of sustainable living. These intentions and drawings will be sewn together and turned into a beautiful quilt that will be displayed in community centers, libraries, and more. The hope is others will be inspired by them too. From Richmond, California, Huchin Ohlone Territory, I'm Isabella Zizi, Northern Cheyenne, Arikara, and Muscogee Creek, a Making Contact Community Storytelling Fellow.